0: By the way, Uh we have the highest ranked dynasty fantasy baseball podcast that starts with the letter A. Welcome to Atlas Bocked, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the 10 owners in the league. This is episode 30 entitled, Predictions That Are Surely Wrong. Okay, welcome back to Atlas Bakht, and now it is episode 30, and we're in the 2018 season. Jack Swagger, good to see you.
1: Who, who would have thought 30 episodes and into our second season? Good to see you guys.
0: <laughs> uh, no one. Not one of us <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought we would make it to episode 10, let alone episode 30. That's great. Low-key, it's wonderful to see you as well. How are you? I'm um, riding high off the Jayhawks victory over Duke. That's a pretty good basketball team there, Joe. Wouldn't you agree? Well,
2: let's not get carried away. They're, they're, <laughs> they've bad. got their weaknesses. They're, they're, they've are they're outperformed what I thought they would do.
0: It's all on display now, Joe. Everybody in podcast land is going to understand your strategy now. Just know that it is <laughs> it is going to be exposed. You will no longer be able to hide. 29 episodes
2: was the limit. Their own coach called them soft at the beginning of the year. It worked
0: real soft. (laughs) So to kick off our season, we had our draft last week. It was on Skype and it was a clusterfuck. I just wanted to, Oh my God. I wanted to run my head through a plate glass window. First of all, I don't think anyone in our league understands the use of the mute button. (laughs) Second of all, one of the things that was interesting and annoying at the same time was listening to all the side conversations going on during the draft. And when we got into the rule changes and got to hear everybody's comments about why this rule change sucked or was stupid, it was definitely a, a, a gut punch to those of us that spent days trying to figure this shit out.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just no respect. It was horrible. You seem to be getting a little frustrated about halfway through.
0: Well, I think at first it was the lack of the Breen's being able to jump on Skype, right? So we started a half an hour late. And then uh, Dusty, I, all I could hear was click, 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 click.
1: He was playing the shit out of NBA 2K. He was kicking somebody's ass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> For sure. I hope he was winning.
2: Well, outside of the, the sound issues for me, I mean, it, it seemed like flowed pretty well. It seemed like, you know, everybody got their pick in one after the other. And I, I remember when we did it on just through the phone call, I had to ask everybody, how do you spell that? Because I couldn't understand what they were saying. And it just seems like for me, when I can see see somebody's face when they're talking, it, it makes it easier. It helps your spelling. <laughs>
0: We did have uh, the Ghost King at one point that he thought that there was a mistake with the draft order of which Jack and I spent the following 75 minutes trying to work through it. And then we get an email from or I got an email from Greg saying, oh, no, no, that's right. I did trade that pick. Oh, Oh, it was horrible. I mean, you know, my bad. Go to bed.
2: Right. Yeah, I I haven't been around Greg enough to know when he's genuinely angry about something, but he seemed like he was pretty peeved about that when it happened. I wanted to
1: ask him, Did so did he go into the draft when he made his first pick? Did he think he was picking next at that point, or was he aware by then?
0: I haven't talked about it. All I heard was that he absolutely lacked the commitment to do the podcast that we originally planned, which I was okay with. I was actually quite exhausted after that, so I, I felt good about that. And then decided to go to Florida with his brother and spend time with his family. Like, uh, you know, again, like, uh, so apparently he's still kind of cranky and didn't want to participate, and certainly doesn't give a shit about our fans as we as we start the 2018 season.
2: Harsh words, Tim. Harsh words. It's a harsh reality, Joe. He he no was way. afraid he couldn't couldn't get onto the internet. Here was that the problem? I don't know.
0: He's certainly blowing up Instagram with pictures from a hotel porch so i don't know like the last thing i would want to do is take pictures of the beach both in the day and night like wouldn't you want to be on the beach right <laughs> go down to cleveland's have some drinks talk to some latin women what are you doing up in your rental room there i don't know
2: yes yeah, especially him think how easy it would be to ghost those women <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice so enough about greg um let's talk about well, actually, let's talk about Craig. He took the Astros first as his pitching staff pick. <laughs> I thought that was, you know, a no-brainer. I think Astros, Nationals, Indians, you could take any one of those number one.
1: It's definitely a top three, and, and I've heard, you know, and seen arguments on each of them. I've always been a, a National League guy myself when I'm comparing, mm-hmm. just because you get those pitcher strikeouts, generally a little lower ERA generally. Personally, I, I expected expected the Astros. No, I didn't make myself commit to the point that if I had had the first pick who I would have taken, I really don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: And, I, and I would say the same thing I said about, uh, actually the same guy taking the Cubs last year. What, what sort of world series hangovers there going to be with them?
0: That's interesting. I forgot about that. He did. He did take the Cubs last year, didn't he? He did. Yeah. That, and yeah. It and didn't it, work out well. No, I remember you saying that that's, and it did not, they really did struggle. So I took uh, the Nationals number two. For me, it was all about stability and predictability. I know that I'm going to get some weeks where they, they don't score as much as others, but that floor is pretty well established, and I need you know the eight or ten top three scores they're going to put up over the course of a 19-game season. You know, Again, maybe some durability with Strasburg. They are getting a little long in the tooth pitching staff-wise. I went with the Nationals because I just thought they were the safest pick
1: don't, don't forget the uh don't forget playing in a, a division with the the Marlins, the the Braves, you know, they'll have uh, quite a few holes in their swings. I mean, even the Phillies are a, a up and coming but young team. You know, the Mets tend to strike out quite a bit as well, so uh, competition.
0: <laughs> so number 3, the Dreamers took the Indians, and I was really unhappy to see that.
1: Yeah, that was the safest pick in the draft (laughs) like i said you could justify any of them going one. i if i had the choice between one two and three i'm not sure i wouldn't have preferred to go three and at least i don't have to explain it at the end of the year
0: (laughs) so then you have lj taking the boston red Sox. so that's a team that joe and i will never take um and actually only reluctantly in desperate situations will even consider it and then won't get them anyway because Michael Chavis is somehow the fucking <laughs> offensive god
1: of the next fifteen years. Solid pick. <laughs> I, I, I think I had I had Boston at number four on my list, so the solid pick. Okay, you could justify. You know, you could talk about the Dodgers. I have the Cubs a little lower, but they're arguable. But I think the the Sox are a good pick at four. So we got four
0: the the, the Red Sox, and then we have the. Um, champ, Mikey, picking the Cubs at five. And it's interesting you say that. Now, did you have the Cubs lower than five? I did, personally. um, Yeah,
1: Yeah, I had them
2: way lower than that.
0: Oh, wow. I had them eight. The Dodgers go next at six. Now, the Dodgers last year, when did you take the Dodgers last year,
1: Jack? Last year, they went seventh. They
0: went seventh. Okay, so, again, the Dodgers fall to six. Interesting take for uh, Chris and St. Locash because I think when we get into the divisions we talk about a little later, this Dodgers staff, if they even come close to what they did last year, the Dodgers staff actually, I think, could, could really create
1: some, wreak some havoc in that division. I could see him going fifth. Um, I had mm-hmm. him fifth, sixth. I, I actually had the Yankees a notch ahead of them. So obviously, for the guy that had them last year, they performed as a, a top two or three staff, if not one for most of the year, then yes, obviously I see him taking a little step back. Again, still a solid pick at that point. Uh, they could easily make that jump a little bit. They're not, they didn't have many changes. They
2: did not. Correct.
1: It could end up being the, the best pick of the, of the draft. Uh, you know, again,
2: I was actually surprised that they fell that far based on what they did last year. You, you would have thought that uh, everybody had, had been paying attention and, and somebody would have picked them in the top three or four. The other staff that was taken was Boston. And if, if you
1: remember last year that it finished. um, the Cleveland Dodgers, Boston. I believe. So Boston was also one that, you know, they were right there with LA at the end. Yeah.
0: And then we get to pick seven and eight, and these were both held by written metal. This was, in my opinion, the, the the move I'll probably remember a couple of years from now, which is where Reed and metal took both gotham city teams he took the yankees seven and the mets eight and i thought that was interesting that you said the yankees first i think did you want us to know that you had the yankees ranked higher and the mets were your flyer
2: i was just in so much pain from having to take two new york teams that that never entered into it i I took them in the in, in the order that i had them ranked but i don't care if anybody knows it
0: i think you think about everything joe and i think this whole I don't think about it. Stuff just doesn't work.
2: Or do I just have you so snowed and I really am that ignorant.
0: (laughs) I went back and I looked over the last five years and the one consistent staff in the top five Yankees every year. And it's like muscle memory. We would make fun of pops for picking the Yankees every fucking year. Then I started to take a look and I'm like, pops knows what's going on here. I mean, we always called it a Homer pick, but in reality, the Yankees were good. I mean, they just strike out a ton of people. They buy the pitchers they need. They're bringing up young arms. This staff, in my opinion, has a chance to be the number one staff. Joe, I think this could this could be a season-defining moment for you.
2: I certainly hope so. I don't have the greatest record of picking pitching staffs, although I seem to do better when I have a lower pick. Maybe I should do what Pops does and just trade it away every year. <laughs> I'll take it. We call it the old New York, New York. I, I, um, <laughs> I like the
1: Yankees.
0: So good move, Joe. And then we had Scott, a mission commission, picking uh at number nine, right where he ended up last year. He had an opportunity to make some trades there in typical Scotty fashion. He did not. He's held pat. And actually in this case, I think it paid off the D backs. And this is this is the one staff that I thought, man, maybe this staff goes in the top five. Maybe I should I'll let you know. It was Nationals or D-backs for me. Given what they did last year, bringing in the Humidor into Arizona, the fact that they still have Granke, I think Ray is solid. This pick was super impressive for me because, fuck, I think he got a top-five pick at nine.
1: I agree. They could end up being the steal of the draft, being that late. Um, They were solid last year. I I don't even think they got picked last year. I think they got picked up um, at some point last year. It ended up being uh in the top 5 at the end if i remember or damn right. close to it. Yep. So far at end of the the first round that the the D-backs, the Yankees, i think are are two huge ones and then like i said the Dodgers have that chance of jumping up.
0: And then we had to round out the top 10. The Philadelphia Experiment 2 takes the Philadelphia Phillies pitching staff and this one i i was like holy shit. I didn't see this coming from a mile away. <laughs>
1: I would assume the surprise of the first round. In all honesty, I, I actually sat down. It's not a, a homer pick. I mean, it is ultimately, but it's justifiable statistically. <laughs> I uh, did sit down and, and broke down um, individual pitchers, bullpens, strikeouts to walks is a big factor of what I do. The Philadelphia Phillies have more strikeouts to walks in their bullpen. Oh, I think they have a, um, a huge upside probably a year too early. I, I decided not to go with smart and safe this year. If, I don't know if you've noticed my lineup. <laughs> and I went with my heart at that point, took the Phillies.
0: Round two, we had the Brewers taken uh, 11th by Pop, in Pop's first pick. We had the Rockies taken, number 12, which, you know, I thought at first, what the fuck is Greg doing? And then I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> They're actually not that bad. Oh, they um, yeah. The Dreamers took the San Francisco Giants, and Baumgartner hurt his pinky, and he's out for six to eight weeks. So, fuck the Giants, I hate them. LJ passed. I took the Cardinals, another safe pick. Um, if I if there was one regret, I should have taken the Blue Jays, who I think actually has a good staff, but for whatever reason, in my mind, I think they always fall apart mid season. Um, and then uh, at eighteen, Jack took the Angels which essentially it wasn't 18. It was actually 15. Scotty took the blue Jays. So he ended up with the D backs and the blue Jays, which is actually, in my opinion, what a ballsier move given where he was picking. Uh, And then Mikey took the twins, which I thought was, was a good solid backup if the Cubs don't work out. So guys, why don't we uh, go ahead and refill our drinks, come back in a few minutes and let's talk about the player picks. And then we can get into the season. preview. Welcome back, Bockers. So let's move over from the pitching staff. Let's go over to the player picks, which pretty much are prospect picks at this point. We had the number one pick. That's the Ghost King. Mr. Blonde's Heroes is the name of his team. He picked Keston Eora, second baseman out of Milwaukee. And Major League Baseball has him ranked as a second-best second-base prospect right behind Scott Kingery of the Philadelphia Phillies. So pretty strong pick to go number one overall in our player pick draft. I don't know if either of you know much about him, but real projectable and looks to be a, a major league regular at worst.
2: I
1: agree. He's a, he's a solid pick. A little bit of a surprise, but but a, a solid pick.
2: I wouldn't have picked him first, but he was definitely on my board. So who, who was it that
1: you thought would go first? I don't know if it, again, because I was detached from
2: the majority of the fucking
1: <laughs> Draft. I don't know if it came through or not, but you know there was some confusion obviously. And one point, Greg thought that he had that second pick, so he thought he was picking back to back first and and second overall. Ends up that 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 was not the case. He was incorrect, but he he definitely thought that was the case. And I'm not sure how deep he thought. I don't know if he thought that all the way up to the draft or not. My theory, and and again, I actually (laughs) I had a discussion with this with Mike afterwards after the draft. I guess Greg. Still thought at that point that that pick was his,
0: correct? He did. I mean, he he came into this draft thinking that he had uh, the number two pick, which was owned by Pops. Now, this was we had the draft order up on the site for several weeks. I had sent emails out. For whatever reason, Greg missed that. This is one of the most interesting things about doing it on Skype because, uh, Joe, I think even you picked up on something was wrong when I went to Pops for the number two pick and the way Greg reacted. My thinking was the same thing. Is that he thought he had the first two picks, and so he didn't. It didn't really matter who he picked first.
1: So right. So based on that, I, I think Greg had another guy in mind. I think Greg, mm-hmm. if Greg knew that he only had one pick there, <laughs> I think he would have made a different pick. Correct. So that player was Matt Olson. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm speaking of. Right. That's the guy I I thought would go one overall. I picked eighth. Matt Olsen not only didn't go first or second, he slid to eighth. I was fucking shocked, honestly, <laughs> that he was still there. That guy's got some holes in his swing. Yes. 27.5% strikeout rate, but, you know, he's fucking 23 year old Adam Dunn. And, right. And, you know, I'll take a fucking chance on that guy, especially picking eighth. I thought he was going to go <laughs> first, right? Now, guys, at this point, I just thought I got a steal. I knew at one point Greg thought he had those two picks. But again, as you remember, I wasn't one for the draft. So I didn't see anything happened or it wasn't until after the draft that I found out that there was still some confusion.
0: You thought there was confusion because I actually said I may have fucked up and right. Greg thinks he had the number two pick. And then you and I went into a scramble. We went through the website and it wasn't until 75 minutes later that
1: Greg said, uh,
0: uh, uh, Oh no, no, that's my bad. I did. I did trade that.
1: It took me a minute, but I put all the pieces together and I thought Greg wanted fucking Matt Olsen. He thought he had the first two picks probably mentioned that the first guy just for a little more hurrah at first but he it didn't matter because he was picking Olsen next and then it wasn't his pick and he was like what the fuck I didn't get Matt Olsen like <laughs> at that point I was like I bet you know he that's what he was trying to do and, and that's why he's upset he's pissed off sure enough two days later I get a fucking offer from Greg <laughs> for Matt Olsen and I gotta be honest was the <laughs> When I did first see it, I, oh, I'm going to get this motherfucker. <laughs> that was <fine. laughs> only, be, only because I was right. Like, I kind of put it together in my head, and then it happened. I'm like, ooh. Um, it ends up that, that we did make a deal. He got Olsen, and I gave him Brandon Rogers, very highly touted middle infield prospect. Uh, yeah. And um, And I did give him my staff pick next year, which at this point looks like it's going to be pretty fucking good. Yeah. I did get him to, to give me not only Scott Kingery back in the deal, which I was pretty fucking excited about. I got Logan Morrison back in the place of Olsen. He's on my bench. You know, I was asking for a younger, I, I needed a catcher or a third baseman. I, I wanted Senzel. I wanted Ruiz, the the catcher, and we couldn't get it done. And as an afterthought, in, in literally in parentheses, I put in Sano, and that's what got it. To, I ended up getting Seno out of the deal. So I, I'm very fucking excited about it. I, I basically had a guy slide down to me to number eight and was able to turn him into a, a 24 year old stud third baseman. So I, I appreciate the fact that you fucked up or whoever he fucked up or whoever yeah, it wasn't fucked me. Up. No,
0: I was on top of it, man. Don't, don't give me this. Uh, I think where I fucked up was letting you trade in this goddamn lead for Christ's sake. <laughs> but you turn that into Miguel Sano and Scott King, you motherfucker? Like I don't, I, God damn it. Your trades have just infuriated me this year. And I was part of them.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I do feel like I'm, Yeah, at least internally took advantage a little bit of the situation, but it, you know, it worked out in my favor. If, uh, if Olson had gone a a pick earlier or pick later, you know,
2: I wouldn't have the opportunity.
1: Yeah. You know, and
2: it's, it's funny how many times have have we done a draft and, and Greg chimes in with, Oh, I've got that pick and he's always right. Mm -hmm. And this one time he wasn't, and he still turned around and made that part of the trade with you is that, he's giving up a pick to you or getting a pick from you. Well, he's a, he's a guy who knows what he wants. Yeah. Make sure and take a screenshot so you don't have to go looking for it next time. List. He's the one that's going to have to prove. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. yeah. <laughs> so
0: all of that, before we get to number two, where pops takes Austin Hayes, a Baltimore Orioles outfielder.
1: He was the other guy.
0: He was the yeah, other guy. I remember
2: right? you, you illegally picked him up last year. Didn't you too?
0: I tried. Yeah, I tried, <laughs> but people were paying attention. And,
2: and who was it that called you out?
0: Uh, it was probably Chris. That's probably wow. yeah, okay. yeah. Chris, Chris kind of has a thing for me. I don't know what it is, but he he basically he wants to be. <laughs> he knows I don't cheat, but he definitely doesn't want to give me an edge. Weird. Yeah, I think I I think he I think I tried to pick him up after the deadline. No, good on Chris. He, Chris was right. So then the Dreamers picked up. D Gordon, who is now in Seattle, and this kind of, if there's any indication about their their understanding where they're at, they know they need to make their run this year. That's clearly a a professional pick. Scooter and Gannett goes to the Funkin' Punks, second baseman out of Cincinnati, highly rated. I think that was a a fine pick. And then I picked Austin Barnes, who's a catcher for the Dodgers, Uh, one of my weakest positions. I liked what he did last year in the playoffs, and this is kind of a weird thing. He's a catcher and a second baseman. (laughs) So I actually uh, was able to bolster my middle infield and uh St. Locash picks up Nolan Gorman, who's a younger third baseman. You know, Chris is able to to make those picks every so often and that could be good. Taylor Trammell goes to Reardon Metal. I, I thought that was a great pick. Yep. Cincinnati outfielders are usually pretty good safe picks. That's a tiny little ballpark and he's got some power. Then the uh, infamous eighth pick in the two thousand eighteen draft, Philadelphia Experience gets Matt the Dunn Olson. Donkey Olsen. Omission Commission picks up Nick Prado, first baseman from Kansas City. I will never take a player from Kansas City ever again. I just think that park just kills players. And then Lethal Injection, uh, Mikey picks up Jorge Soler, Kansas City outfielder. Uh, it's interesting. like He's been on teams and off teams, so that was an interesting pick. So Mikey might know something.
1: Uh, Hayes was the safest pick. I think that was a smart pick. You know, he, mm-hmm. the guy looks he's young. He looks really fucking good. Barnes and D Gordon made the most sense mm-hmm. uh, for those two teams uh, for their needs. I thought Gordon was a good pick. He was one of the the better mm-hmm. players statistically that was available still. And um, and yeah, the most interesting pick was Soler. That guy fucking huge hole, <laughs> huge yeah. hole yeah, yeah. over the years. But uh, when he does make contact, and and if I'm not mistaken, I, he's either leading or close to leading the spring and first. So we'll see if Mikey has a way of Uh, Picking those guys up and, and, you know, again, the younger they they come up, we drop them, we dismiss them, (laughs) you know, Bill Myers factors.
0: Okay, so then we go into round two. Bad Street picks up Carlos Gomez. I I don't know why. Do you guys know why? I don't know why. Okay. Glad it's not just me. 12th and thirteen picks went to Greg. He picked up uh, Wander Javier and Julio Rodriguez, a shortstop from Minnesota and the outfielder from uh, Seattle. Both young, both projectable. We'll see. Funkin' Punks picked up Jesse Winker, the outfielder for the Reds. I think Jesse Winker was rostered last year at some point um, and then was dropped. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing for the Punks. Punks, by the way, are, are making a strong bid for the third-best minor league system if you actually go and take a look. We'll get the pseudo scout to kind of weigh in on that. But the punks, their their prospect system looks pretty damn good right now. Pops picks again. He picked up Randall Grichuk. I actually still thought he was with St. Louis. I'm an idiot. He's with Toronto and actually probably a pretty damn good pick. Uh, I think a lot of those balls are going to go out up there in the dome. And he could have a good little outfielder there. St. Locash was out. Rid Metal went to Archimedes Gamboa my opinion the best fucking name in the draft it was awesome uh shortstop of philly philadelphia i think at that point this was when your internet had gone out and you were doing the draft by the phone jack so you didn't know that archimedes
1: had actually been picked is that right yeah i think mike was yeah mike I, was mike, mike was he was just making about... fun of the name i think yeah. yeah
0: michael taylor went to the philadelphia experiment and this was an interesting thing because this is the player that Greg couldn't remember in our previous podcast. I don't know. Jack plays the game at so many levels. I didn't know if you'd picked him up just to poke him in the eye with that one.
1: <laughs> no, I <laughs> I have scrapped my team and uh, and gone with, with the kids this year. So Michael Taylor is actually good enough to uh, potentially start for my team. So, so it was
0: a good pickup. And then we had Omission Commission picked up uh, Evan White, another first baseman. He's loading up trying to. Trying to corner one of the hot corner positions, uh, first baseman for Seattle. And then lethal injection said he was out. In the third round, Pops takes Teoscar Hernandez, an outfielder for the Blue Jays. Uh, You know, in my opinion, another good pick for Pops. I liked it. Uh, Greg was out. The Dreamers are out. The Punks take Billy Hamilton, who who always seems to be on someone's team at the start of the season and always seems to not be on someone's team at the end of the season. (laughs) 47, Ronan. I took uh, Jaime Candelario, third baseman for Detroit. Uh, St. Locash passed. Reardon Metal picked up Michael Smell, although during this podcast, Reardon Metal actually dropped Michael Smell, so maybe he'll come back. He's a first baseman, college player, plays down in Florida. Philadelphia Experiment, Orlando Arcia, shortstop from Milwaukee. Uh, again, another guy that's been, on roster, been rostered and then been dropped, so that's an interesting. And then a mission commission, Sean Murphy, the catcher, out of Oakland, the great Irish hope. On on the round four, Cole Calhoun, outfielder for Los Angeles. Again, I I couldn't put it together. I don't I don't know what he's thinking or not thinking, but okay. Uh, And then I picked next with Yandy Diaz, third baseman from Cleveland. These guys from uh, Cuba. Who knows? It's hit or miss. But I just like the guy's biceps and think that you know maybe. I thought yeah maybe. Uh Philadelphia Experiment picked up Chris Ionetta with the knowledge he will some point trade him to me throughout the season. I, I just know it, motherfucker. Uh Mission Commission uh picked up Luis Urias, the shortstop from San Diego. Bad then took Neil Walker from the New York Yankees. And I actually think that's not a bad pick. Like I think he actually could do okay. But what's crazy is that I took rowdy Telez, the first baseman for uh toronto and then pops takes jason kipnis now i heard three people say i didn't know jason kipnis was available i was one of those three people because he's been having a crazy (laughs) spring and i was like
1: shit i did i did know he was available i dropped him um i actually rostered kipnis last year Mm. and um me being the sweetheart that I am, always tend to start getting on in January and cleaning up my roster before anyone else like a fucking idiot. And at the time, uh, Kipnis was going to go to the outfield and fucking Bell Brantley and they were fucking moving uh, uh, Ramirez over and so on and so forth. And I was like, well, fuck this guy. And um, and at the time, I wasn't scrapping my team. So Jason Kipnis was like my fucking fourth best the <laughs> But then I scrapped my team. Uh, ends up, Kipnis would probably start for me this year.
0: <laughs> uh, and then I took uh, Albert Almora, outfielder for the Cubs. I've since dropped him <laughs> in the ensuing seven days. So what the fuck? Uh, and then I picked up Akil Badu, second best name in my opinion. Archimedes was definitely number one, but Akil Badu, outfielder for Minnesota, and then I picked up uh, Jordan Alvarez. This was a this was a one day rebuild of a minor league system, by the way. Right. Uh, yes, I had nine nine spots that I had to fill. Jordan Alvarez, the outfielder for Houston. Check him out. The fact that I was able to get this guy in this draft is going to surprise people in in a year, probably next year. My guess is top fifteen next year. Super awesome, uh, and then I picked up uh, Matt Chapman, a third baseman for Oakland, in the ninth round, uh, and we were
1: done. Yep, I hope I hope uh, LJ was paying attention. Uh, at least three of those guys that you picked are going to end up on his team. <laughs> at some, I'm not. know, right? I'm not trading with
0: LJ anymore. I'm not trading with <laughs> Jack anymore. I'm not trading with fucking Scotty <laughs> anymore. So if you're named Chris or Joe, then fuck yeah, let's talk. But well, Not Chris. Just trading, went up.
1: Chris isn't trading with you anymore, so. right?
0: <laughs> Eventually, he will. Eventually, he'll realize his brother isn't as, as as kind as he thinks when he sees Chavis fucking burn out and and Pavin Smith do nothing. The quad A player that he is, oh, it just man. takes time.
1: Where's the guy? Uh, where's the guy you were offering? Um. <laughs>
2: I would love to go back and see everybody's list of prospects because now that so many of these good players have been taken over over the last few years, it would be interesting to see who values what and how, you know, you were 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 talking about the guy you picked going at eighth instead of one or two or three, and I didn't even have him on my list because he's not the type of player that I would typically draft. You know, I, I don't like those guys that don't have some sort of hitting tool. Right, right. And because I and I know do, you guys do value that.
1: Well, that's the difference between me and you. Is I don't value it either,
2: right? But I know that other people do. <laughs> so. You know, I was just thinking. You know, taking uh, Trammell for me was he's he's actually kind of a high risk player for me. Not not typically the type of player that I would take. So it's it's. The scarcity of talent has somewhat changed the way I'm looking at some of this,
0: yeah you know what I'm interested in is going to be the secondary market um in prospects that were rostered and dropped or prospects that are rostered and get moldy in the owner's eye mm-hmm. and can can the deal be made before that prospect starts rising um that that it's a, it's a it's as if our the prospect market has matured in our league to a point that it's getting Uh, I don't want to say complex, but it's certainly getting trickier to kind of move through it and maneuver through it. And and there's a lot of people doing their homework in this league. And it's actually one of the reasons I zagged when everyone else was zigging because, you know, to me, it's so hard to find value in the prospect areas right now, unless your name's Jack and you can just rip people off left and right. But other than that,
1: (laughs) I traded the top two players of last year's production. Two number one and number two were on my team when the season started. So it, I may have robbed people, but I robbed them by giving them very good. Play. During this time that I've been robbing people, I've done it by trading Paul Goldschmidt, Charlie Blackman, and and uh, some other decent. Guys. <laughs> yeah, Matter of fact, let's let's hey, just talk about what. <laughs> hey. The champion, the the fucking current champion, Mr. Breen, you give him fucking respect, is starting literally in his lineup right now. Go to his lineup. Four players that I traded him this offseason. Granted, his team wasn't good last year. He just won the (laughs) (laughs) championship.
0: So Charlie Blackman, I see Charlie Blackman, Chris Davis, Eddie Rosario.
1: Rosario was
0: somebody that I gave him.
1: Um, uh, Cano was was uh, somebody I gave him. He's got Cabrera at DH, I think, at the moment. And, um, <laughs> and then does. Black. <laughs> oh, my God. Four guys. Four. And, hey, man,
0: I, I entered into it. I said, look, I'm at the crossroads. I know I'm talking to the devil. I made my deal. I get that. I understand that. I actually felt good about that until I learned about the goddamn humidor. Had I been paying attention, I should have, like, thought about that. <laughs> I really should have. Let let's face it, Jack. There are some other trades out there that
1: Just stop. Just stop.
0: There's that really like if we the take one a look you keep out-
1: you keep going back to the one, and there were only three guys in the deal, and one of them is on your fucking team. So again, and and he's cursed. So now you have two cursed players: Brantley <laughs> and fucking Harper.
0: Victor Robles, yes. The guy that's that's sitting right there next to Eloy Jimenez and Ron, uh, uh, Akuna, it, you got him for a fucking bag of peanuts. God damn it. We'll see. And an oft-injured outfielder. So, folks, that's your tease. We'll come back, uh, listen to some music, get some drinks. We'll be back in about a minute. And we'll talk about our preview for next year. Let's take a look at our predictions for this coming year. So, just to give you a quick rundown, so we have the two loser divisions. Uh, we have the McGuire division, uh, that is 47 Ronin, Bad Street, and the Dreamers. In the Bonds division, we have Funkin' Punks, Mr. Blonde's Heroes, and the St. Locash Stinkfist. And then in the senior division, the Big Boy division, the Griffey division, we have Lethal Injection, Reardon Metal, Omission Commission, and the Philadelphia Experiment 2. For those of you that are joining this podcast new, the Griffey division represents the four playoff teams from the previous year. This is the toughest division of them all. And Jack Swagger has done some work. He put pencil to paper and has his predictions. So, Jack, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you and let you kind of take us through what you think is going to happen this year. And obviously Joe and I can kind of share what we
1: think is going to happen as well. I thought it was important that we do this um, episode since we were so fucking good at it last year. <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> did we predict a? Uh, oh yeah, Joe. Joe was the only <laughs> right team that anyone fucking predicted that that made it. Correct. Um. So, uh, so let's give it a shot. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, and in, in I thought, you know, just from remembering last year. Um, I thought I had a, a pretty good grasp on uh, on what I expect to happen, and it didn't change dramatically when I started digging into it. But mm-hmm. it did change a little bit. Everything tightened up a little bit more than it was in my head. Yeah. And uh, well, let's see if you guys uh, see if you guys agree. Um, fuck it. Let's start down here with the losers in the McGuire division. You got um, this. Was an interesting one two of the better teams in the league this year are in one loser division that's 47 Ronin and the Dreamers uh Ronin obviously Tim's team those of you who uh, followed us last year <laughs> realized the unfavorable randomness uh that Tim experienced uh so he took that team that that was projected number 1 last year added Paul Goldschmidt and Altuve uh, and fucking proud. I don't know monster team so um so tim I, I i do have i do have tim winning that division i'm sorry jack
0: um, i didn't quite hear what you said what what was I, that again
1: i i, do, <laughs> I do have tim yeah
0: winning the everybody in the league take notice i, I did
1: have, i did have tim winning the league last year
0: <laughs>
1: that could be the kiss of death and i do still have mike's dad coming in third uh, in that division. Although <laughs> Mike's, <laughs> Mike's dad has improved this year, in my opinion, and um, and is no longer the, the worst team in the league. I, I believe he may be better than, than me and Greg this year. The interesting thing about this division, in my opinion, was the Dreamers. Um, they are a little better than I thought they were yeah. um, when you really get to sit down and, and, and yep. dig into it. Yep. You know, at catcher, Tim, ah. they, they got you beat. Um, they got Sanchez. I yep. mean, they're they probably they may ha- they probably have the best catcher and again statistically projected you have the worst so um, you're you're starting out of a hole right you got Goldschmidt they got Freeman yep um, I expect you to have a little regression and Freeman was one of my big three last year if you remember my the mm-hmm. three guys I was on were Freeman Jose Ramirez and um, and Riamuto were my. My three guy and Freeman did perform well. I expect him to do a little better. I still think goldschmidt's better but but not by much i
0: I will say that if Goldschmidt is able to play, in other words, if he's healthy, I will play him every game this year. I don't know the dreamers would do the same
1: <laughs> well, if uh if ever there is a year they should uh this is it no no guarantees, but um I think they um I think they have a a, a real good shot.
0: So CBS Sports actually has Freddie Freeman with an OPS over a thousand. Do you? I mean, do you really think Freddie Freeman on that team is going to be that fucking good? I mean, they've got him at thirty-eight home runs, three hundred six batting, uh, a three-zero-six batting average, an on-base percentage of four hundred, and a slugging percentage of six-zero-six. That's a monster season.
1: I do. I I think the Braves are a little better this year as, as a team, and and okay. and God forbid they pull. Acuna up and and start filling it around him um yeah i i i don't think we've seen the best of, of freeman yet i I think he continues to improve you know he, he got hurt last year uh and and before that i mean he was one of the top fucking guys in the league for a little bit there so yeah i'm a believer i mean i i am you know like i said i was high on him last year so okay um middle infield we got uh you got Altuve and turner i mean it can't get fucking better Dominate. You know <laughs> 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 like come on yeah. man bring it on um he does have Corey seager he does uh, you know, again All right. just a notch below okay um and then one of his weak spots so he's got story uh he did pick up as we mentioned d gordon in the draft again definitely a drop down assumed from turner but Smart um, he did fill yep. in a little bit yeah yep. when those weeks where turner or uh um, story starts to fall off he'll be able to fill in yep um so again, middle infield definitely goes to you. Third base, he's got Donaldson, solid guy, but you got Arenado. So um, again, he's uh, he's close, uh, but but uh, but no cigar, but close. Outfield, <laughs> I mean, a, a, again at the moment it, it looks odd because you got Dickerson in there. Eventually, Myers will be your outfielder, and correct. you'll have Harper, Trout, and Myers. Yep. But then Carnesio, and I assume, sliding up. So correct. Um Again, tough to beat that threesome, but <laughs> he does have George Springer. <laughs> he does have J.D. Martinez. Um, I think Puig and Story are the only two weak spots, if you will, and both of those guys are studs when they're hot. He does, uh, again, uh, not as much as far as bench goes for, for filling those spots, but he does have guys that he could slide in there. So, uh, And then he's got Yelich. He
0: does have Yelich, which I really like in Milwaukee a lot. He too. A lot. He too. But, you know, can can anyone win a championship when Yasiel Puig is a guy you're counting on? Uh, yeah. I, I just yeah. don't <laughs> think so. J.D. Martinez in Boston, it's not Arizona without the humidor, man. Like, it's different. It's just different there. Trevor Story, hey, man, like maybe he'll get some hot streaks, but and I understand this is a head-to-head, but I think Trevor Story is not as good as and, you know, and he's, they've got him projected to hit 244. I think that's about right. Yep. That means you're going to get some good weeks. You're going to get some bad weeks. And, and frankly, if you look at his bench other than D Gordon, which I actually thought was our great pickup, uh, Carlos Santana does provide you some depth. I think you switch out Puig and, and Santana and you, you kind of get some consistency there. And then the catcher position,
1: I mean, he's Gary Sanchez is going to, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got, um, Santana at outfield. That must be a carryover. He does not qualify at outfield, so he can't. He can yell it Job. okay. Okay. And put yep, Santana yep. there. And, and so DH, that, yep. that, yeah, that might be the, the safe sports move for right. him, honestly. Right. And this
0: is a head to head league, right? So he, he just has to beat the team that he's going against. But when you look at Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt, I mean, this team is intended to intimidate. From the get-go, right? It, it is, you know, if I lose two starters, it doesn't matter because I still have the other five starters are yeah. fucking great.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you're the Goldschmidt, Altuve, Renato, Turner, uh, Trout, all the top. At the... Uh, so
0: here's, here's where I think the edge. So I, I, I talk a lot about, you know, what I've paid to get the top players in every position. And the actual average age of my team is much lower if you take the, the uh, starters in the bench than people might might know or understand. It's a pretty young team, which means that, that I should, from an injury perspective, have the benefit of youth there. But my, my reserves, I'm a big, big believer in Candelario. He's a switch hitting third baseman for Detroit. A lot of people haven't talked about him. You know, uh, CBS has him projected to hit 272, 17 dingers. I think he's going to hit easily 22 dingers. This is a guy who gives me good depth at third base. I've got um, uh, at uh, shortstop, Xander is sitting on my bench. They've got him projected for 100 points. Um, And this is a down year, 276, um, you know, 16 home runs. I think Xander's going to run a lot more this year. I think he's valuable. I have Addison Russell to back him up. And then Brantley, you know, oft-injured. However, if he's available, he's there. I like Manny Margot. That's probably my, my weakest. He's the San Diego outfielder. And then, uh, well, Edwin and Carcion will actually be in for Corey Dickerson. Corey Dixon will be on my bench. So for me, it's a marathon. And, and you're going to have to endure the, the injuries. And I look at my bench and I look at their bench, and I think I have the winning bench. Now, talk to me in five weeks, right? <laughs> I, I still have the Harper curse. I still have the freaking the hex from Chris. I may be singing a different tune. But at this point, I think I win the division, and I don't think they have the nuts to make the trades they need to make when they have the injuries
1: to keep up with me. That, that's, that's my approach. Two pretty fucking strong lineups coming into uh, 2018. Um, sorry, senior.
0: <laughs> Last year was a tough year. Last year was a tough year for me.
2: Yeah, I think this year's going to make up for it for you. I don't see there's any way that you lose this division. I don't know, yeah. I I I really don't know. But, you know. But then I picked Greg to win last year, so what the hell do I know?
0: <laughs> well, you can't uh, you can't know. You can't predict bad management decisions. <laughs> you know, remember Greg flip-flopped. Greg Greg was in, he was out. I don't know if, yeah. like week 6 Greg was out and then he was in right. and then he was out. So just like his attendance on this podcast, sure. he's just in, he's oh.
1: out. So, <laughs> do you guys want to share your opinions of that division, or you want to just move on and then do uh, do our, our yeah. playoff? My, uh, my
0: opinion the- is, I dunk on fucking the Dreamers, <laughs> and they make a they make some stupid. I will, I will, ma- I will not make the stupid decision that will give them the toehold. They will make the stupid decision. There you go. You heard
1: it here, folks. All right, moving on to the Bonds division. This is an interesting one. Again, just the, the, the way it plays out, the way we do our divisions, are based on last year's record and, um, uh, you know, partially because of some of the craziness and, and weird luck and such. But um, this division, in my opinion, the weakest. Um, um, you got LJ, um, who who usually is, is right. Just in or just out of the playoffs. He, he tends to finish right in the middle of the pack every year. Chris has been right there as well. Matter of fact, he, he almost won his division over the champion, Mikey, last year, mm-hmm. if you remember, down to the I final do. week. Yep. And, then, uh, and then Greg. A, a little tighter uh, than I expected when I, when I first considered this. And when I say that, I, I didn't think Greg had a chance in hell. And I still have him finishing third. Um, so we can get into it here. I assumed it would be a distant third and it may still be, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think he, he did, wants it to um, be, yeah, he hung on to the, the, the first staff pick. I thought that was interesting. You know, he he, right. he definitely gave the impression that he had no interest in this year, that he was working towards the future. In my opinion, having the, that pick, um, there's a lot more value. I think there's a lot more value in trading it. Um, and giving someone the opportunity to take that staff and, and just knowing that they have the the choice um, than it is to to choose the staff and trade it. Now, again, I could be wrong. The Astros tear it up the first few weeks. He could have a lot of value there. Or he could have changed his mind. He has picked up some some backup uh, current players since that uh, draft. So, you know, uh, maybe he is. He's switching gears a little bit. It seems silly. He's not a good team. But in that division, um, who the fuck knows? Um, he did, p- he picked up LaCroix. That guy, you know, a few years ago was good. Um, Josh Bell's interesting dude. Um, he wasn't supposed to be a power hitter. He's supposed to have a high average. So he came in and hit two fifty-five and almost 30 home runs. So, uh, who the fuck is Josh Bell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he picked up Odor. I like Odor. It's a, uh, you know, he's a solid, uh, a solid player. The, the rest of the guys I could, you know, give or take Olsen. We heard uh, he's got now a DH um, Nick Williams, a kid I like Philly. Um, again, I'm not sure that, you know, he should be a starter in our league. But um, so, like I said, I, you know, with the staff, you get a couple of things happen. All of a sudden, Chris Davis finds a stroke of a couple of years ago. Uh, David Dahl does what we've all been fucking waiting for him to do, which he has done this
2: spring. You know, I quit. You waiting. never know. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Joe? I said, I quit waiting. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's on somebody else's team. Correct. Um,
1: and he does have a lot of young, you know, good kids. I don't see any of them really making a, uh, too much of a statement right away. But um, so, again, third, but not as distant as I may have thought. Um, the next two were tough. This was the toughest. Um, this was the toughest one for me to call, honestly. And, um, it, and still, it, it's down to the wire. It was easy for me this is chris's division
0: absolutely absolutely look at his team so if we go uh jorge alfa or jorge alfara is going to out he's going to perform outperform what the expectations are this guy this is a Phillies team on the rise this guy's been hitting at every level he is going to rock it eric hosmer in san diego no pressure he played in a shit park in kansas city I think he's playing in a shit you know, park in San Diego. He's playing in a park that they brought the the fences in, and Good I point. think I think he's done that. Jose Ramirez, one of the least respected players in Major League Baseball, in fantasy baseball, in dynasty fantasy baseball. This guy is a fucking superstar, and and you know I see that that the trends have him ninety nine percent starting. He's getting the respect. Elvis Andrus, here's the po- post-hype prospect right here. This guy has been climbing year after year after year. Joan Makata becomes who Yoan Makata, who we thought he was going to be. This guy's going to be a stud. Then you got Byron Buxton. I do believe Gregory Polanco takes a step forward this year. He's got Jake Lamb in Arizona, who I think is going to be great. He's got Joey Gallo, low average but high homers. I think Chris has a chance to win it all this year with the Dodgers. And he definitely takes this division. he is going to make a move before l j will make a move. I really do believe that, and I think chris walks away with one of the top seeds in the league uh going into the playoffs
1: Good. um wow i um i don't i don't agree with plus you. i
0: think if he does well, it gets rid of my hex, and i could fucking benefit from that
1: <laughs> i do <laughs> i do have chris winning the division um uh, but i but it was writer. Chris um the reason being is, is Chris doesn't have a Joey Votto. Um he's got a, a a lot of well Jose Ramirez is becoming that player in in his position. He does
0: have a Jake Bowers. Oh, well, maybe
1: not. <laughs> um Chris definitely has more upside, no doubt about it. Matter of fact, I don't think anybody in LJ's lineup is going to fucking surprise you. Um they're 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 solid, uh, but they're not going to surprise you. You know where you're getting with Kyle Seeger. You know what you're getting with, uh, um, you know, even Francisco Lindor and and Joey Votto and and Perez, which are all studs. But you know what you're getting. Chris definitely, I I like his outfield better. I think there's a lot more potential, a lot higher ceilings on his outfield. And um and and there's definitely guys.
3: Uh, how are you getting, how are you doing guys? There you go. <laughs> hey, what? what's up, man? Me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry, sorry. Here. Hey.
1: Just, what's happening?
3: I'm just hanging out, about to go get dinner with my girlfriend and uh then nice. stay up all night cuz it's spring break, baby. Spring <laughs> break. <laughs> like uh,
0: spring break. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt that analysis that fucking right. with a uh,
1: spring break. <laughs> uh,
0: it would be um, 18.
1: Okay. So, Chris has the the thing um LJ has the safer team. Chris right, definitely has the higher ceiling. Yes. Um, but if Chris doesn't get uh, moncada to to perform, you know, to expectations, if Hosmer doesn't you know, translate into the NL, if if Alfaro isn't quite ready, and and Grandal's definitely getting less at bats this year, um, you know, if if Bruce takes a step down, so. You know, I can see a scenario. I'm not as confident. I do have Chris winning, but I'm not as confident. Again, he has the Dodgers. LJ has the the Red Sox. So again, it's funny. Each of the staffs we compared, right, which kind of went back to back. Seem to be in each of the divisions. So it's another kind of uh, funny uh, um, situation from the draft. But I do have Chris winning it. But I just think it's going to be uh, another tight division.
2: Don't it's interesting can- that they both have one staff. They didn't choose to have a backup yeah. staff. And can yep. you see a situation where uh, Greg pits them against each other to get the Astros staff if they're performing well? It's Possible.
1: I don't think. I think. I don't think the Astros would be so much better than either of the two. That, that these two guys don't trade. That's the other thing. Neither yeah. of them fucking trade. So what you see is what you get. It, it, you know, Tim. You might be right. One might move before the other, but it's right. both going to be later than everybody else. So, right. Uh, it's. It's
0: gonna be interesting. I think the reality is is that LJ moves if you call him and want to make a trade with him. I, I, I you know, I, I but whereas Chris, I think now what's interesting is if you look at and Joe, it's it's um it's it's interesting that you picked up on the fact that they both took one staff because if you look their their lineups are both legal and their benches are both they both took that extra spot on their bench and they put someone on there they could use. So these right. two guys are paying attention. There's not, you know, the, there's some strategy going on there that I don't think isn't so uh obvious to a lot of folks. But um I this is a cool division. I really do think this is the year Chris gets off the snide. I think he he had some bad luck last year. I think Mikey got hot at the right time and and you know, frankly Mikey, you know, Mikey played it right. Mikey played it in my opinion played it right. He earned the championship. But Chris was so fucking close. <laughs> he was so close last year, and his team has just gotten better.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Chris wins the division. I I, I don't think it's going to be terribly close. Um, I, I just some of the players that LJ has, I just don't care for. But he's got. I, look, I, I think... mean,
0: Chris has Grandal on the on the uh, on the bench. He's got Dansby Swanson, who who could Kyle Schwarber. If you look at all the sites. Kyle Schwarber is being touted as like one of the the sleeper picks of of uh you know the the annual drafts, right? Um, that he's you know kind of adjusted his swing. He's gonna hit for more contact. He's got fucking Ryan Zimmerman. Like his team is stacked. It, it really. And then he's got Michael Conforto. I mean, you know, I know he's injured right now, but when Michael Conforto is playing, Michael Conforto is good. Yeah, I, no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and Starling Marte, like, I know, I know he was juicing last year and um but he's still a good player i i just chris's team is i i just like the way it's constructed and he's also he's look he's got a good minor league system if he needs to move a couple of pieces in the minor league system to make a trade happen i think he could do that i think he's got that that type of quality like this is a team that's set up in my opinion to get into the tournament and once you get in the tournament you know we know this right it it you know crazy things happen except for fucking, you know, Paven Smith and Michael Chavis. Those guys fucking suck, but uh, everyone else, not so much. <laughs> so let's, let's talk. So now we're doing, we, this was good. This, we talked about the losers. Now let's talk about the men in the league, the Griffey division.
1: Again, this is going to be myself, uh, Joe Scotty. And, uh, of course the champ, Mike. Yep. So uh as, again as we've talked about quite a bit I am in a rebuild. Uh so I am projecting myself fourth out of the four um having no fucking good players and being in a division with all playoff teams. <laughs> <laughs> that said um I'm pretty excited man. I fucking I like the the kids obviously that I got. Um I don't hate the 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 lineup. Um, I don't hate the starters that I have either. I don't expect them to win uh, more games than they lose Mm -hmm. at this point but uh, I you know hopefully it's not too long before um, I'm switching guys out Um, a lot of young guys coming up uh, but at this point like I said I don't you know I got Posey a a solid catcher outside of that Um, I'm not in the top 10 in in many uh, Marcelo Zuna Mm -hmm. uh, the only other real Definitely mentionable guy on my team at this point. Uh, maybe Sano after the deal, but um, so young, you know, could uh, could disturb some folks along the way, but um, but probably not not much to worry about uh, down here. The next three are a little closer, you know. I know he outperformed everyone's expectations all year last year, into and through the playoffs, all the way to the championship. Um, but I still can't. get Scotty's team in. Uh, in my head into the fucking postseason. I, I just, you know, and, and, and again, um, you know, a couple injuries in the wrong place and, and he's in trouble. In fact, he's already got Ryan Healy in his starting lineup, um, who is in a much better position than he was when I dropped him a few days ago. Um, now that he's in Seattle, but still, um, you know, that's a guy that I should be starting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Zanino's a nice backup. A young guy's he got a lot of pop, but um, you know, a couple injuries in the wrong spots. Dozier's got to start fucking regressing. Shaw, uh, I, I mean, I understand that after a full fucking year plus, you're supposed to believe it, but um, I just can't get on board with that guy. I like Bregman a lot. I like Benintendi a lot. And then obviously yeah. Judge. Yeah. Um, what can I? You know, just,
0: can I just pause you right there yeah. because? Uh, Judge is the 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 player that this team hinges on. If Judge did make the adjustments that the pseudo Scott was talking about, Scotty's team is way better than what I'm looking at right now. If he just becomes Stanton of the previous years, you know, pre two seventeen, then he's not. Like to me, I couldn't get around. I could not get around Judge, and and we spent a lot of time talking about him last year. Who is the real judge? Is he the big, is he this, is he our generation, is he not our generation, is he this generation's big hurt?
1: Right, right. You know, he does, he has his lineup. It looks like he's playing the the four starter type situation here because he's got some of his starters on his bench at Mm -hmm. the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Either that or this is his way of fucking sticking it to the man and the new fucking (laughs) non-rule that we can't enforce, Um, (laughs) which I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, but yes, go Pol Pollock and fam, um, all, yeah. you know, yeah. expected starters. And obviously that improves his lineup quite a bit. I I'm just, like I said, I, I have a hard time, um, going all in on his infield. Uh, I, I think he's got, you know, one of the better outfield situations with judge Benintendi, yep. um, Pollock and fam, um, you know, uh, five point fam come out of nowhere last year and, um, Uh, You know, I'm all in on that guy now as well. So I like his team. I think they're good. He's just in a really good fucking division, and I think there's two teams better than his, so we'll see.
0: So, Joe, you've kind of uh, got into Joe mode and been really quiet and kind of leaning back and not talking, but, boy, I'd really love to hear your take on this division.
2: It's freaking ridiculous. Going into this, I thought I was in a really good position, and now that I'm looking at everybody else's team, um, uh, they're close to just as good as I am. Yeah, you know, I think Jack clearly is is rebuilding and and is probably not gonna factor into it, but I, I think what? this is yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think Scotty is is going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna make the same mistake I did last year and fall asleep on Mikey. I I, I see what you're saying about Aaron Judge. I don't uh I'm not sold on him yet. I mean, obviously he's going to be a great player, but is he going to be the greatest? I don't know. Um, I think he's, if he's ever going to have a good year, it's going to be this year because he's got some, some tremendous protection in that lineup. I mean, who do you, who do you pitch around? You know, if if I don't do it, then I think it's going to be Scotty, which would make uh, Mikey either second or third then.
0: Yeah, um, so I didn't see Mikey last year. I don't see Mikey this year, uh, and that means nothing, obviously, as we've seen. I'm always wrong. Now, I will say that um, your starting team is the best in the division. If Riz Hoskins is who we think Riz Hoskins is, and he is, Mookie Betts comes back to be Mookie Betts with the power, which I think is he's going to, Giancarlo Carlos Stanton, even at three quarters of a season, is a monster in that fucking tiny little ballpark. Carlos Correa, in in some cases, could actually be considered the number one pick in the redraft. You know, yearly redraft leagues. Manny Machado, in a contract year, playing third base and getting middle infield eligibility for you is ridiculous. Whit Merrifield, interesting guy, older guy. Can he repeat last year? I'm reading a lot that he can, so we'll see. Cody Bellinger fucking awesome. Contreras, kind of okay. And, and, and your DH and Cespedes. But if you look at your, your bench, your bench, uh, leaves me wanting. Whereas um, if I look at omission commission, he's got, he's got just a weird team. And Jack, it's funny. Jack and I used to talk about your teams, Joe, when you were in the world series year after year, and we couldn't see it. Like there's some, there's a blind spot that I have that for whatever reason, player gets in my mind, and I just can't see. No matter how many stats I look at, and it's it hasn't helped me. But he's got you know, you know Bregman. Does Bregman step up or step back? Is Travis Shaw really good or not? Ryan Dozier is pretty damn good. Ryan Healy, ugh, I don't know. Mike Zunino, I don't know. Rafael Devers, maybe he takes a step forward, maybe not. I I just. You know it's really interesting. And then his minor, his minors. Like I think, I think you're right, Jack. AJ Pollock, Tommy Famer, probably starters for him. Uh, he's got scope. He's got Anthony Rendon. He's got. Uh, I don't know that Chance Sisko is is a good backup, but Nom- Nomar Mazzara is, and he's pretty consistent. So if you don't have a lot of injuries, Joe, I don't see how he steps in front of you. If you have a few injuries, I think you're exposed. And and that could I mean if you just lose two games in your division, two games could mean everything. I still think it's Joe that comes out of here on top.
1: I agree. Um I agree, but I, I um I actually have Mikey challenging him, um, in my opinion, more so than, than Scott. And mm. <clears throat> honestly the reason and um it just has to do with, with knowing Mike and uh and the situation. You know, Mike went through the season last year not expecting to do well mm-hmm. and uh and then snuck in and got hot and, and won right um so now he's got it, it you know it's like a, a shark with the uh, blood he's got that fucking taste he did he went out first of all and made his team better um he wasn't the best team last year he right. just, he won the championship um but he did make it better he got blackman like i said yeah um cano again uh, not a young guy but a fucking solid fucking middle infielder um uh, you know, even Cabrera at DH, that guy could, you know, easily fucking get uh, mm-hmm. get a little, uh little, uh, um, what are the, uh, fountain the youth there. Yep. Um, he's got cargo back in Colorado. Could, yeah, on his bench, yep, yep, could come up. Kane, I expect Kane to improve in Milwaukee as well. Yep. Who knows yep. how much. Uh, Nelson Cruz is still on his fucking team. So, yep. um, and Mike is, now that he's tasted it, it assuming that he gets off, well which i expect him to um when he does have those bumps and bruises along the way he is going to make the moves he's going to move quick he's going to make those trades mm. where scott isn't and he proved it last year now again it, he made it to the championship so it almost worked for him uh, but i expect so so the the difference in my opinion between scott and and uh, and mike is in the owner not the team and that's why i picked mike to finish second um, i do think as well joe um, I think Joe's team gets better. Um, I think Bellinger and and, and Hoskins, the, the both of them are for real. Um, the the you know we were talking about Hoskins earlier, me and, and Joe, and it's the um, the other stuff, the the off the field stuff um, that I've been paying a lot of attention to, and I fucking love this kid. So you know, obviously you team that up with Machado, Correa, Betts, Stanton, all fucking absolute studs. Contreras, in my opinion, one of the top catchers in the league. When we're done this year. Um, In fact, he's my, my catcher uh, choice for the year. I think he's going to um, move up uh, very strongly in, uh, in a lot of the lists um, this year. So I, I do expect Joe to win the division. Um, I think Mike's going to come in second. Um, it'll be close. Uh, Scott, might end up squeezing up there. I don't think uh, either of them is going to the playoffs, though. Oh, so my uh, so uh, so we we'd established uh, Tim. Wow. Chris and Joe, uh, I think unanimously here today. See what happens when Greg's not around? Uh, we, uh,
2: <laughs> I'd like to thank you both <laughs> and myself for that kiss of death. And when uh, right, yeah. Jack walks off with the division crown at the end yeah, of you. Yeah, there year, you go. Exactly.
1: Back, say. Um, but yeah, um, I'm going with the Dreamers, the wild card spot. Um, I think they're, uh, again, with the, the yeah. staff pick they got, proven a couple of guys they're my they're they're my call for the fourth playoff
0: that's a hell of a breakdown man um and uh thank you for putting the work in that you did uh it'd be interesting to see what bakker nation thinks uh i i think your analysis is solid um i do think that you know chris in, in my opinion uh actually is the is the surprise team and if anyone is going to fucking take the champion from from what i think preseason should be mine it's gonna be that motherfucker, and probably gonna be Chavis that hits the goddamn home run that puts it over. <laughs> so, Chris, fuck you, and uh, I like your team. You're definitely building it up right. So, uh,
2: do you think? Uh, do you guys think that the divisions now that they're changed are going to have any anything to say about who trades with who and how much trading gets done this year? In other words, we've got uh, we've got three teams. In in the Griffey division, that were all active traders at some point last year. Do you think being in the same division is going to prevent some trading?
1: Yeah, it could.
2: Um, you know, Scotty,
1: it's yeah, it could, it could. I, it's not going to affect me because I'm not going to be in the fucking race. But I could definitely see the three of you taking that into account. Yes, I could definitely. See, um, uh, you know, the same situation between LJ and Chris and 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 Tim and. Uh, and Greg as well, I don't see any of them wanting to help the other one in any way, shape, or form. If there is yeah, a, kinda... an interdivision trade, it's going to be carefully
2: fucking be, <laughs>
1: taken apart. But it, and-
2: you know, we all have favorite trading partners, and, and you know, Tim and I trade pretty frequently. You and I almost never trade. In fact, I sent Tim a text wondering whether there was something wrong with me that I couldn't pull a trigger on a trade with Jack. Or-
0: <laughs> that was great. <laughs> and you ended up pulling the trade <laughs> off,
2: by the way
1: some did, people yeah. and, some, and i regret some people, it. Some people <laughs> yeah i'd say some people would say that that's a uh, that's a good trait, not a bad one
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would fucking say that i would say that loudly
2: and i bet it would boomerang right back to you <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i um i you know it's going to be interesting you know that the um when we first thought of this division mix up i think tim you came up with it Um, I wasn't in love with it, you know, at the, uh, but, but now, uh, again, knowing at the beginning of the season that, that again, in my opinion, one of the guaranteed playoff teams is not one of the top four teams. You might disagree if you think Chris is that good. I just don't have him in the top four still. So, um, but I, I, think it definitely puts a, an interesting spin on it and, you know, all of a sudden, you know Chris, LJ, and and Greg, who you know may have had no fucking shot in another situation, know that they are fighting for the division. There's a playoff spot there. Somebody's getting that motherfucker. So, well, boy.
0: So there you have it. Um, we have figured out this season. It's even crazy that we'd even think about playing it um, now that we have it all figured out. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll just talk. To you send send
2: the trophy to Tim and. We'll all come back for the draft. Let's I have,
0: I have moved all my chips in. Uh, I am walking in. I mean, my lineup is a set it and forget it lineup, which is when I had my runs years ago in the other league. That's what it was a set it and forget it lineup. You know, you just you ride it out and, and you and you you go with it. So uh, hopefully the dice don't bounce as crazy as they did last year for me. You know, I'm in the middle of the pack or uh, you know in the, in the top half of the pack make it happen. I want to win this year. There's no doubt. I want to win this year to go through that prospects episode and fucking listen to everybody talk <laughs> about all these prospects that I either had or wanted to have was painful. So now's my time boys. Now's my time.
2: I think some of <laughs> us will try and say something about that, but we'll see. <laughs> I uh, you know, uh, yeah,
1: anything can, I, it, it, we proved it last year. Uh, again, um, you know, Tim wasn't, quite as highly touted last year as this year, but it was fucking close. And, um, and and like I said, I think I was the only team in, in the division I was in that wasn't chosen for the playoffs. And at one point, (laughs) fuck, I won 11 straight last year. I, I fucking won the most games in a row or tied in the history of this fucking league. I finished with a 29, uh, um, Power pole would again top tied for the top ever in the history of this league, and a year later, my fucking best players Buster Posey. So, you know, <laughs> chick, you're welcome. <laughs> Chicken <can> change quick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that was a tough. That was a tough ending to to a year that you know I think was was pretty amazing for you. Um, you did get some Christmas gift games. We we did set that up. For sure. Okay, so I I I do I am I have two bold predictions that I want to make. Gregory Polanco and Byron Buxton Buxton (laughs) will combine (laughs) for at least fifty home runs and seventy five stolen bases, and outperform Bryce Harper in a contract year. I just I I'm putting that out there. Gregory Polanco and Byron Buxton. Combined 50 home runs and 75 stolen bases. Hear me now. I'm
1: going to take it a step further. And in what could be considered very realistic, Gregory Polanco gets traded halfway through the season to the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> and with Buxton on first base, it's a double into the gap that scores <laughs> Buxton to give St. Locash the fantasy championship. <laughs> Over. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my god! Woo! You know my big call this year. You know who I really like this year. He took a big fucking leap last year, and I like him a lot this year. Is Scope? Um, he's a guy that that I almost had the balls to take. I took in all the free ESPN leagues last year, and and uh, and tried to make a couple of moves that. And um, that guy made fucking some big leaps last year, and he did it quietly. Um. I think he he becomes uh, an elite uh, middle infielder this year. I like him a lot.
0: I like that. That's awesome. Oh,
1: I got nothing.
2: Yeah, we figured. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, my other bold prediction. (laughs) Is that Joe? Joe (laughs) I
2: I predict I'll be dropping one of my two pitching staffs before the year is over. (laughs)
0: Now, listen, I love you guys. I'm looking forward to this season. I really am. I'm looking forward to this podcast season. Thank you for putting the time and effort in. I know it's late for you guys, uh, but uh, this was fun. I'm smiling ear to ear. I really appreciate it, and I will uh, work hard to get this out on our Thursday routine, and uh, I hope you guys have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: It's already been a good day because we're one up on Greg now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, low, low commitment. Go He's got low commitment. He's got low, low commitment. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Joe, what what were you watching that you just reacted to?
2: Oh, they were uh, they're showing highlights of the Duke Kansas game down in the corner on the. Uh, <laughs> Joe, the, the, how
0: could you react
2: when you know they? He's, won- re- <laughs>
1: he's rewatching his team under the team like <laughs> right, exactly. yelling at the losing team. For- <laughs>